0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com, top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All
1: across the fantasy
0: universe, and wherever you might be, welcome to the Two Points Dance, powered by by fantasypoints.com i am brian drake your host for the day follow me on twitter at drake fantasy hanging and banging with mr joe dolan managing editor of fantasypoints.com me? hanging and banging like we're oh, in the gym my wife let, let her know
1: <laughs> he let's listen. go <laughs> uh, oh no Uh yeah what's up man how you doing it's uh it's good to be with you here on uh what was a, a t- tuesday where uh, i think most of my brainwaves were focused on golf um yeah. with the uh the bombshell that happened there but you don't need to hear us chuckle heads uh but i'm sure the no laying up bros will have a pretty thorough takedown of the whole thing but uh you and i oh, both what? like to play golf um
0: i, um, I was it- at the range today i came home smelling like a campfire we're in the midst of that canadian wildfire fog that has now overtaken new york state And I mean, it's bad out there. People can joke about it, but not like kids had things canceled They had field trips tomorrow that are canceled. It really is kind of murky and weird. If you walk outside right now,
1: Uh, I'm yeah, I wildfires are not a problem here in South Carolina because it feels like usually you're walking into a cloud the moment you go outside because of how humid it is. But uh, I'd want you to stay safe. Anybody who's uh, up north listening, Canada, um, stay safe, guys. Um, I know this time of year can get precarious Uh, thinking to everybody. Hope we can, we can give you a little bit of a reprieve here.
0: Yeah. So let's start. uh, We're going to do the NFC OTA fantasy news today. If you want the AFC news, go back in the archives. We did that show last week. Let's start in the NFC East. Usually we would start with the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, but we're basing everything off. Mr. Tom Brawley's article at fantasypoints.com. And for some reason must be alphabetical order. He started with the Dallas Cowboys, so I guess we'll go there, Dolan. Uh of the medical to, order. Yeah, well, uh, I, I'd find another way to do it. <laughs> I can't lead off the Cowboys. But I do like Tony Pollard a lot. Tony Pollard coming off that pretty you know, horrific ankle injury that he suffered at the end of last season. You've got Mike McCarthy talking about, we want to run the football. They added Ronald Jones. Zeke is not there at the moment. Who knows? Maybe he shows back up. Kellen Moore is out of town is the play caller. How high are you on Tony Pollard? I see him going off the board. He's like a top 10 running back right now on underdog. Uh, I'm pretty jazzed up, even though I don't think he's going to get workhorse numbers. But with some of these guys we're going to talk about today, you don't need
1: workhorse numbers to kick ass in fantasy football. Um, no, you don't. And I think he's exactly, uh, honestly, I would hope, they don't try to make him too much of a workhorse. Um, that Scott Barrett would disagree with me. He's team bell cow or bust. And I do think right now Pollard is trending to be a bell cow. But I almost wonder if he would be better suited as an Alvin Kamara type of player. You know that that the, the, the hundred eighty carry, give him the eighty targets, and work somebody else in. And and that leads me to another to another point here. I do think they're going to resign Ezekiel Elliott. I do um, too. I think Jerry loves the guy. I don't really know where else Zeke will go. Um, I I feel like, I I think Jerry, it would pain him to see Zeke in a different uniform. And I think Zeke will capitulate, it'll acquiesce to a new role. And I still think Zeke will be the goal line guy, but I truly believe it'll be kind of a 60, 40, 65, 35 Pollard to Zeke split. And regardless of, you know, Kellen Moore moving on, I think, is a, is a problem. I think that's a good news for the Chargers. Cowboy fans will say, well, the offense always stalled in the playoffs, but I don't give a crap about the playoffs. I give a crap about the regular season. I'm, I'm a fantasy guy. I want the numbers in the regular season. And the fact of the matter is this, Drake, over the last four years, the only team that has gained more yards and scored more points than the Dallas Cowboys is the Kansas City Chiefs. So I do think the offensive changes are concerning. I do think the Cowboys will run the ball, though. So maybe there are more opportunities in that backfield, even if they re-sign Zeke Elliott. And I think Tony Pollard is an extremely appealing pick right now. Back end of round two on Underdog Fantasy, you can start your draft with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, maybe a Tyree Kill, come back and get Tony Pollard. The fact that he's ahead of schedule... That offensive line, I think, is still going to be pretty good. I know Tyron Smith, the injury problems are are a huge concern there. He's getting older, um, but Tyler Smith ended up having a pretty good rookie year. I'm in on Tony Pollard at cost. I'm in on CeeDee Lamb at cost. I think Dak Prescott is fairly priced. I think this is an offense in general that is fairly priced, even if I expect it to take maybe a philosophical step backward.
0: Tony Pollard with... 1,007 yards last year, nine rushing touchdowns. You got to think those numbers are going to go up a little bit without Ezekiel Elliott at the moment. I, I think even if Zeke comes back, Tony Pollard with a good chance at double-digit rushing touchdowns. Let's bounce around the NFC East, go over to the New York football Giants, and Mr. Brawley's writing about Sterling Shepard. If you remember him, well, maybe you don't because he hasn't played much lately. He's missed 34 of the last 66 Giants games in the last four years, and that includes 24 of the last 34 games over the last two. Now, this is a guy, Joe, you can get him at 116 ADP. There's no cost to get Sterling Shepard. We know when he's out there. You don't even have
1: to draft him, but, I mean, in best ball, I guess that doesn't matter. If you want him, you have to draft him.
0: If he's healthy. Is he a starting wide receiver for the New York Giants? And could he be first, maybe, you know, maybe second behind Darren Waller in in targets this year? I don't think Jalen Hyatt's going to be that guy. Uh, know, you know, man. they got 8,000 slot receivers out here, but the one they like is Sterling Shepard.
1: Yeah, but he's also had every major injury you can possibly have. ACL. He's run out of injuries. He's used I, them all. Achilles. Like, I mean, man, <laughs> Drake, it's bad, brother. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I can... I, Look, he's 116 on underdog, but even if I have Daniel Jones, how often am I going to Sterling Shepard and saying, you know what? Yeah, I love that pick. <laughs> By the way, though, let, let's throw this out there. He played three games this past year, four targets. One of them was a touchdown. Then he had 10 targets each of the next two weeks.
0: They love throwing they, the football to him.
1: Daniel Jones loves throwing it to him, but how much of that is because they had nobody else? And I still am not sure how that offense is going to look this year. Their best perimeter receiver is arguably Darren Waller. They have a million different slots. Even Jalen Hyatt, by the way, who you would think the Giants drafted Hyatt because they think he can win on the outside. Why else would they draft Jalen Hyatt? Right? Because they have, but he did all of his damage from the slot in college on like slot fades and what have you. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I can get there with Shepard. Uh, I think anything the Giants get from Shepard this year is is a positive for the Giants. And they are insulated from having to rely on Sterling Shepard. They they have Wandale Robinson. They signed Jamison Crowder. You know, they, 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 bring, they didn't bring back Richie James, but Isaiah Hodgins, you know, they brought back to play on the outside. It is staggering how many slot types are on this team. I do love Mason Isaiah Hodgins. I know you <laughs> picking him up too. all the time. Like, I mean, and he could be the X receiver. Now, what does that mean? Maybe not a whole lot, but if you're picking a guy in the 14th round of an underdog draft, how many games does he need to end up in your lineup for you to say that was a good pick? 2 Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm fine with Isaiah Hodgins at price. Now,
0: Darren Waller, he's going to be a polarizing name in fantasy. He Remember last year with the Raiders, he left in week five, didn't play again until week 15. So here's a guy, though, that has an interesting skill set for the Giants. Last year, the Giants had an NFL-worst 6.7 average depth of target. Okay, God knows how they made the playoffs. So Darren Waller, if he's healthy and he's their top target, the last two seasons, his average depth of target – 13.5, 9.8. He can win in the seam. He can beat linebackers and safeties. When healthy, he's a really good player. But boy, Joe, I have a tough time pulling the trigger on him because I just never trust that he's going to be healthy. Yeah.
1: You know, Scott Barrett, I think, has got him at like tight end four. Um, I think wow. he's got him. I think he's got him behind just Kelsey, Hawkinson, and Andrews. Um, even ahead of maybe somebody like Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard. I've had a tough time drafting Darren Waller because, and, and mate, this has always been a lesson learned. Don't hold a grudge, yeah. but I just wonder how much he has left. I mean, he's over 30. He's had multiple injuries the last couple of years. I haven't been able to get there with Darren Waller yet, but I do believe the giants think he's the focal point of their passing game. I'm just not sure how wise that is at this point.
0: Well, if you like drafting Darren Waller and, you know, you're not scared away by the injuries, maybe you can go look at the Philadelphia Eagles and pick up one of the running backs, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift. Now, I just put this out there. DeAndre Swift has averaged more fantasy points per game last year than Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders, Ken Walker, Najee Harris, Damian Pierce. The list goes on and on. Again, this was for a Lions team that wanted nothing to do with him, Joe. He was 16th overall in fantasy points per game among running backs, and he did that while being 43rd in rush attempts, and he wasn't even top 10 in running back receptions. This kid is special, and if they can find the right way to use him, and I think Sirianni's got a good idea, and if you talk to Mr. C uh, over here at Fantasy Points, he thinks DeAndre Swift is going to be the number one uh, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they got to work in Penny. We still got Hurts. I don't want to pay a premium for Swift but I'm not I kind of like the idea of getting him on my team.
1: Yeah, you don't have to pay a premium um for him because I think everybody is still wondering why DeAndre Swift never kind of lived up to the pedigree. His current ADP on Underdog is about 76 RB22. I think that's okay. Here are the, some guys going after him. Cam Akers, Alexander Madison who won't be going after him for long. Um and we'll probably talk about him. Uh, um, Isaiah Pacheco's going after him. Rashad White is going after him. James Conner's going after him. I have long said, I said it at the time of the trade, and I'm going to say it on today's show. His ADP is RB22, about 76 overall, meaning he's a sixth, seventh round pick, seventh round. Rashad Penny's ADP is 113, RB37, 113 makes him, oh, a 10th round pick. I feel like instead of Swift being a 7 and and Penny a 10, I almost feel like it should be Swift's an 8 and Penny's a 9. I feel like those ADPs should be squeezed. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Swift at, at cost, especially... I actually kind of like... Maybe this is foolish, but I kind of like stacking Swift with Hertz because I feel like, all right, Hertz is going to get the rushing touchdowns and maybe Swift contributes as a receiver... So, you get a little bit extra on that because it's so hard to stack Jalen Hurts. Because there, you can't, it is, it is near impossible to double stack Jalen Hurts with elite players because Hurts, AJ Brown, and Devontae Smith all have similar ADPs. If you're going to stack Hurts, it's almost certainly going to be with just one of those guys. So, then you have to wait for Dallas Goddard. And then who's the third receiver here? Olamide Zacchaeus, Quez Watkins, neither one of those guys is getting drafted. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to double stack Jalen Hurts, maybe you do it with A.J. Brown and DeAndre Swift. Or maybe you do it with Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift to get a second kind of receiver there. That's when I've been drafting Swift as kind of a stacking partner for Hurts. Because straight up, I prefer the cost for Rashad Penny.
0: Yeah, and DeAndre Swift, maybe he's used in a Naheem Hines role. If you remember Sirianni at his time with the Colts, they had Jonathan Taylor and they had Naheem Hines. You know, the Eagles kind of had the now. You got Penny and and Swift. Maybe use him as a little more of a receiving back. Uh, quickly, let's talk about Dallas Goddard. We just mentioned Darren Waller. Goddard, according to the article, is working out with the wide receivers to, quote, sharpen his routes and releases. Now, last year through Week 10, Goddard was the, Tight end four in PPR and third in average points per game. Um, uh, you know, then his season went left uh, because he got injured. Eight of his first nine games last year, he was a top 15 finisher in PPR. I love drafting Dallas Goddard yeah. uh wherever I get my hands
1: on Uh I was I got goosed um I on a team where I have hurt some jack off picked goddard the pick before i picked and i was so mad because that's a that's a really fun stack for me dallas mm-hmm. goddard's tight end six i think i have him exactly in line with adp um I, I i legitimately like tight end six is fine for me i do have him below pits because he's just not going to be as big a part of the passing game as Pitts. but i wouldn't be stunned at all if dallas goddard outscored kyle Pitts because only well, plays in a much better offense yeah i'm I, I like dallas goddard at cost sometimes you don't have an explosive opinion on a player Mm-hmm. I just think Dallas Goddard is, is one of the most underrated players in football because he's overshadowed by his elite, elite teammates in Brown and Smith. But Goddard's pretty freaking elite, man. Take Goddard. Let, let's just say Mark Andrews goes on a sabbatical. Take Goddard, put him in a hot air balloon and drop him in Baltimore and see where he'd blow up. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be pretty, pretty significant.
0: Finally, in the NFC East, the Commanders looks like they're going to be starting Sam Howell. He's taken all of the first team reps this offseason. Uh, Ron Rivera making a little media tour said, you know, don't don't worry about Jacoby Brissett. We're still in a competition here. I don't think that's the case. I think they are going full steam ahead with Sam Howell until the wheels fall off here. And the guru, John Hansen from Fantasy Points, had Ron Rivera on his Sirius XM show, and he noted he wants to get Brian Robinson more involved
1: as a receiver on early downs. Oh, I, I was about to say, you want you were going to say, oh, he wants to run the ball. I was like, oh, I'm shocked. Ron Rivera wants to run the football. This is, to me,
0: the offseason equivalent of I'm in the best shape of my career. We hear this all the time. We, want, we heard this about Adrian Peterson every offseason for his entire career is we're going to get him more involved in the pass game. No, they're not. So I, I don't care what they tell me. You've got Robinson, you've got Gibson, you got the rookie Rodriguez. They're talking about him now. It's not going to happen. I'm not drafting Brian Robinson thinking I'm going to get more uh, passing down work out of him. Uh, I'm kind of, I look at all these guys and I'm just like, now that there's a third back in this running back, I don't want any of these guys.
1: I, I disagree with you. If I'm like... drafting Brian Robinson at RB34, I don't need Brian Robinson. To catch a ton of passes, right? At RB thirty four, sure. Yeah, um, I, I like. I, I don't need him to catch a ton of passes. And Antonio Gibson at RB forty, fine. Completely fine. I'm I'm totally fine with uh, with all of these uh, with, with with that price. Now, the one thing I will say is they were talking up Chris Rodriguez's hands. mm Mm-hmm. So that's um,
0: what I'm saying. If, now you're talking about a third guy here, like, eh. Yeah, it's like a shark tank. It's too rich for me. And and for that, I'm out. Um, Let's go to the AFC North where the Chicago Bears have shaken up their backfield. They uh, got rid of David Montgomery. And we all thought initially, hey, maybe this is a good opening for Khalil Herbert." Remember how well he played last year uh, in some spot starts. But they brought in Deonta Foreman and Roshan Johnson out of Texas who's drafted. I don't know how many people even realize Travis Homer's on their roster right now. I do like Roshan Johnson a lot. Uh, especially in dynasty startup drafts. Foreman, I don't think it's going to go away though. It just seems kind of like an annoying backfield on a team with a running quarterback. It's like the Eagles in essence, but on a team that's not good.
1: Um yeah, it again, when I'm looking at these running backs, I'm looking at them kind of similarly to how I look at the Commanders running backs. Like, all okay, right, I I don't know which one of these I prefer, but Yay. I mean, if I'm drafting Khalil Herbert at RB, what, 40, wherever he's getting drafted, somewhere around there, um, I'm drafting Rashawn Johnson at RB. Um, I, I've actually drafted them both on the same team at points. Um, I'm drafting Rashawn Johnson at uh, RB 46. Um, I think Khalil Herbert is RB 40, 41, somewhere around there. I'm spending a double digit round pick on a guy who could be the top running back on a run first football team. I'll make that pick every time, man. Even if you like, even if you're like Deontay Foreman at RB 51, all right, maybe he leads them in rushing. Those are all guys that you could add very cheaply to a stable of running backs. Um, I I think, I, I think Johnson's my favorite of the group, but Mine Cleo too. Herbert's been a pretty freaking efficient player in his career. No
0: question. And Looking at their wide receiver group, Darnell Mooney missed the start of voluntary workouts because he's still progressing through an ankle injury he suffered uh, in, in late November. So he had this, what they call a tightrope surgery. He had a broken fibula, and he had screws put in his foot. Uh, when I hear that, I go like, wow, like that's a pretty bad injury. I don't know how much I yeah. want to depend on Darnell Mooney and on underdog. He's going off, you know, he's an 11th round pick, but maybe it just makes DJ Moore that much more uh, appealing and DJ Moore, for the player that he is, is still a fourth round pick on underdog. Like, I, I mean, he, he's had higher ADPs
1: in his career and, and now maybe he's playing with his best quarterback. I, um, I've drafted DJ Moore. I've done dozens of underdog drafts. I've drafted him once. And I was just like, eh, you know, I think I, I thought think guy fields on that team. And I'm just like, maybe, maybe Justin Fields takes the Jalen hurts leap. And, That is one of the things that I've been saying to myself this offseason. Not that you can't – I'm going to have a take on DJ Moore, and the take on DJ Moore is that I'm probably going to be out overall. But I think when you're doing dozens and dozens and dozens of drafts, sometimes you do have to ask yourself, okay, what if I'm wrong? And what is the best-case scenario? Darnell Mooney has this serious injury. Cole Komet maybe is a guy. You know, they they got um, got the – they got Claypool. I don't, I don't even care about him. Like, um, They got the kid from Cincinnati, Tyler Scott, who I actually like in Dynasty, but I, he doesn't do much for me in redraft. Mm-hmm. What if I am wrong? DJ Moore is one of the best receivers in football who's had apocalyptic-level quarterback play in his career. I don't like his ADP. I think Mooney's is just okay. Um, I'm mostly staying away from the pass catchers in this offense, though.
0: We talked about David Montgomery. Well, he ended up in Detroit uh, and the lions started their OTAs a few weeks back and he left with a left leg injury, which gave a few more reps to your boy, Jameer Gibbs and he got some run with the first team offense. So you got Montgomery, you got Gibbs. I'm going to pull up their best ball
1: ADP right now. And, Uh, Nope, that's wide receivers. So Jameer Gibbs is twenty-eight. By the way, Montgomery's RB twenty-eight. He's an eighth-round pick. Yeah, Um, seventh, seventh, eighth round. Gibbs is RB fourteen. He's pretty. He's late third, early fourth. Mm -hmm. Now you're a guy, and
0: you've said on air. I've heard you where you talk about if Jameer Gibbs can give me what DeAndre Swift gave me last year. I mean, you're stealing at that value right there. And we just talked about what deandre swift did last year on a team that didn't want to use him
1: i I think they're going
0: to want to use jameer gibbs who they just drafted 12th overall
1: jameer deandre swift was rb 16 in fantasy points per game and the team hated him (laughs) now you always have to take in the caveats when it's fantasy points per game you had a couple of blow-up games that affected that Mm -hmm. but so much so that they worked in justin jackson so what if there is no third wheel here And while you presume David Montgomery becomes the Jamal Williams here, Jamal Williams has that – like, he established last year, he's the goal line guy. He's the guy at the one. They don't want DeAndre Swift doing that. Is there a clean slate here is what I'm asking. Are we 1 billion percent certain that David Montgomery is just going to usurp the exact role that Jamal Williams had? Or are they going to give Jameer Gibbs, like, wh- when when the, the Lions got down inside the five-yard line, DeAndre, they might as well have sent DeAndre Swift to Canada. <laughs> he wasn't he could fight the, fire the fires. field. Are we 100% certain Jameer Gibbs isn't going to come out and blow them away in training camp, and they're going to like, we want this guy on the field, whether we're on our five or their five. And I'm not saying David Montgomery isn't going to get some of that, isn't going to be the preferred short yardage guy. But what if they don't instantly pull Gibbs in that situation? On the flip side, what if David Montgomery does get that role? And I think this is one of those where you can talk yourself into both guys at ADP. And I have.
0: Yeah, I like David Montgomery. I think he's a talented player. Uh, I think now on a much better team, much better offensive line. Uh, better play caller you're going to see David Montgomery maybe flourish we just talked about two guys here who people don't like drafting this year for whatever reason and they're on new teams David Montgomery and DJ Moore that's kind of sometimes what wins in fantasy football is you take those guys that don't have the hype and everyone's just kind of like yeah David Montgomery but if you're a good football player and you're healthy in a good situation Detroit's a good team they're going to battle for a playoff spot like David Montgomery, mm-hmm. if healthy, is going to be a
1: top-20 fantasy back all season long. They had two top-20 running backs last year, and apparently they didn't want either of them because they let them both go. Mm-hmm. And they think they improved. I would say for sure they improved. I, I mean, I think I think Gibbs is a better player than Swift, and I think Montgomery is a better player than Jamal Williams. Time will tell if those investments were worth it, but I think they did improve. And I still think and, – and again – Who's catching passes here? I'm on Ross St. Brown. Okay. Who else? That's it. It's, Jamison uh... Williams. suspended for the first six weeks. They're going to run the ball. So I think, I think both of these guys are, are totally fine buys at ADP. I'm
0: going to skip over the Packers, go to the Minnesota Vikings, because that's where all the news is. Delvin cook right now. He's still on the roster. Uh, you know, the GM said they're going to wait and see what kind of compensation they can get before releasing Cook, a.k.a. they're just going to release Delvin Cook. No one's going to give them anything. There's always talk of, oh, he could go to Miami. And there's people in Philadelphia, for whatever reason, they, they the Eagles would want a, a, yet another running back. Uh, but you look at Delvin Cook and some of his metrics went down, you know, his yards before contact and, You know, is he still as explosive? Maybe he's not. But if his shoulder, which was repaired this offseason, stays in place, I think Dalvin Cook in the right role in the right offense can be a damn good football player for 2023. And on the flip side, if it's, you know, Madison as the lead back in Minnesota, holy moly, his rocket ship is going to go to the freaking moon.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, he's still I'm getting my Alexander Madison while I can right now. Um, His ADP is RB26. If you enter an underdog draft right now, uh, I think it's RB24, as a matter of fact. I think it it recently went up. The reason it's RB24 is because he was going as, like, RB30 a couple weeks ago, and now he's probably going as, like, RB17, RB18 in most drafts. I'm getting my Madison now. I already did get plenty of them um, because I, I – I would not be stunned if he's going as a top 12 running back once Dalvin Cook moves on. Because Alexander Madison has had massive games when Dalvin Cook has been unavailable. Cook, look, I don't want to speculate, Drake, because we have, we have half the NFC still to talk about. That Miami landing spot makes a ton of sense to me. Um, he's a phenomenal zone runner. We know McDaniel loves to run zone. We'll see where else he ends up. But you should be investing in Alexander Madison right now. And maybe you go out and you get uh, a little bit of Ty Chandler. You know, teams use. Two running backs these days. They they do. That's ever almost everybody does it. Maybe you just you can get a second Minnesota running back. I don't know if it's going to be nuangwu Um, I would still sit, think Ty Chandler is going to be the number two. But those mm-hmm. are the guys that you can go invest in. Uh, get your get your Madison now if you haven't started buying because your your window is going to be is going to be closing.
0: Maybe you want to stack up some Alexander Hamiltons. He's on the $10 bill just uh-huh. for you. Didn't know uh-huh. go over to underdog because they're sponsoring the biggest fantasy football tournament of all time. Of course it is best ball mania Four. take your shot at first place, which is 3 million bucks. They've got other tournaments over there too. I mean, Joe, you're doing some now, aren't there poodles, puppies, but there's all I, I, sorts of the, stuff.
1: The poodle, the poodle was filled. I think puppy puppy uh, three is still going. So uh, yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of tournaments and, and Drake. You know, there's going to be puppies all summer, okay? Do you know how many entries $100 gets you into the puppy? 20. Uh, how many? 20, because it's $5. And guess what? We have news for how... Drake, tell the people about how they can get $100, because we'll put it what... in your freaking pocket.
0: What you do is you go use code fantasy pts. You put in one hundred dollars, we're gonna match your one hundred dollars. That's right, Joe and I, maybe John. Don't tell him. We're gonna say, hey, thanks for signing up using code Fantasy PTS. You put in your money up to a hundred bucks. Boom, we're matching it right there. Now you got two hundred dollars in your underdog wallet. That's not all. Use code Fantasy PTS. We're gonna throw you a FantasyPoints.com subscription for just five dollars. That's a sixty-dollar value right there. Again, for just five bucks, must be 18 and up, 19 plus in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and up in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog operates. Terms do apply. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. I don't know why I say the www. There's no reason for that anymore. Just call to go to NCP
1: <laughs> Gotta really got, got to overpronounce it like uh
0: WNBC, uh, yeah, NBC C- gambling.org in Arizona, 1 800 Next Step New York. Here, while you're battling the wildfires with me, one eight seven seven eight 8778 Hope NY, and in Tennessee, 1 800 889 9789. So, again, folks, use our code FANTASY PTS over at Underdog. Really appreciate their support of the podcast. All right, we're rolling through the NFC. Just got through the north. Let's go to the south. Now, I don't know how many people realize this, Joe. I didn't realize it until I read Tom Brawley's story here again. It just slips your mind. Kyle Pitts, who is very polarizing in the fantasy world, he's still recovering from a late November surgery to repair a torn MCL. And head coach Arthur Smith said the team's going to be smart with his recovery, and he declined to offer a timeline. You know, he just says, hey, listen, everyone, we're just trying to get to September 10th, Okay. Does that concern you a little bit when you think like, wow, hey, this guy is recovering from a fairly significant knee injury. If you're drafting Pitts right now, he is yeah. a mid-six-round pick, tight end five right now.
1: I'm in there. Now, Yeah, they'll be smart with his recovery, uh, Drake, but the, uh, will they be smart with how they use him? That's, that's the, the question I want. Will they actually let him run a route into the end zone? Will they have a quarterback who will actually get him the football? Those are all the questions I have with Kyle Pitts. I'm not freaking out about the injury. I don't think Edwin Boris is freaking out about the injury. Um, I, I'm in on Kyle Pitts at cost. But it is something, if you're out on him, that's just another feather in your cap. Mm-hmm.
0: No question about it. Let's go over to Carolina where they're trying to cobble together this receiver group. And Hayden Hurst is in the building as their presumable starting tight end. He's missing the offseason workout so because he had a hernia DJ Chark he was held out of team drills he had off-season ankle surgery so now we're looking at Adam Thielen uh you know who else we got down there we talked about Chark and, and our boy Mingo Jonathan, right
1: Mingo who was not an efficient college receiver um I think I think Brett Whitefield and Scott Barrett have, have butted heads about this like Brett be like there's a reason for that Scott and Scott's like, well, my model didn't like him, so those are always they're always at odds. Um, Mingo I, is the cheap. I need the most a model. That's what I need. Damn. Yeah, uh, we all do, Drake. We all do. <laughs> um, we um, Mingo is the most expensive receiver to draft here. But here's the thing about Carolina. First and foremost, I don't buy any of this chicken shit bullshit that Bryce. Oh, Bryce Young's working with the twos. Stop it. That's how I feel about it. And if you and if you're not watching on YouTube, my at my hand's in a very loose fist in a back-and-forth motion. They drafted him number one overall. He's starting week one. No question. He's quarterback 24 on underdog. None of his receivers are being drafted in the top 50. This is my favorite QB2 to draft. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a believer in the talent. But you can easily... Shit, Drake, you can draft three receivers to stack with Bryce Young. Easily. Mingo, Thielen, Chark, Mingo, Thielen, Hurst, Hayden Hurst, Terrace Marshall is dirt cheap. He's free. This is my favorite QB too. And look, their offensive line, they've spent some resources investing in that. I don't think this is a great receiving core, but they got bodies. I'm in. I'm in here, man. I'm in. Are you in, in New Orleans where there's been a lot
0: of talk lately about Michael Thomas? So Michael Thomas is a guy who a few years ago, I mean, people were drafting him in the top 10 of fantasy drafts. He was a super stud. Michael Thomas, you know, obviously he hasn't been able to play in a few seasons, but if he does, boy, is he dirt cheap. And in this offense, they're looking for some playmakers. You got Chris Olave on the outside. They They've signed a bunch of random tight ends like Brian Edwards in uh, uh Foster Moreau. The, did to they joint...
1: convert Ryan Edwards to a tight end? Yeah.
0: Oh They're trying to convert uh, him to a tight works. end, I guess. Can Sean Payton, if he gets Michael Thomas on the field, can Michael Thomas sort of become this, you know, this renaissance man? And you get him, you know, at the end of your draft, you go, oh, my God, here's a guy that's going to catch 80 balls for me, and I've got to pay anything for him.
1: I have fun with that.
0: <laughs> I never like drafting the guys that are always right. Yeah, now, Mike, earlier, Michael Thomas he's said... He's never
1: uh, healthy. There's something going on here. He said he he, he um want, wants to be 100% for training camp. I think Dennis Allen said today um that, oh, they're, they're, they're being smart, and oh, we like where he is with his rehab. I'm out, man. I, I can't do it. No, I hear you. I, 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 but give me... Get, I'll, I love Olave's a second round pick for give me Rashid Shahid at wide receiver 70. I have a tie that, as a matter of fact, I think he might be my most drafted wide receiver so far. Again, when you're drafting a wide receiver in those like teenage rounds, mm-hmm. all you need is them to pop two weeks and you're, and you're fine. I, I have not taken Thomas once. I, uh, let, let's look at ADP here for Michael Thomas. And, and it, I don't think it's restrictive by any stretch of the imagination. So, I'm not I'm not saying that but wide receiver 47 at wide receiver 46 Elijah Moore I much prefer Moore yeah. Bateman and Zay Flowers from Baltimore are 40 or 44 and 45 I prefer those guys Jamison Williams is so what do you want do you want Michael Thomas at wide receiver 48 or Jamison Williams who's guaranteed to miss six games at wide receiver 49 I still think I take Williams <laughs> Here's one for you Drake Oh boy This is one would I rather drink vomit or do something else <laughs> disgusting. Michael Thomas, wide receiver 48, or Juju, wide receiver 50? Oh, boy. I'd take Juju. And I am, like, extreme anti-Juju. I did not – I hated Juju last year. I think I'd take Juju at wide receiver 50.
0: I mean, Juju is essentially a number one, isn't he? Uh, so, you got to think – He's going to produce a little bit there. I just, I don't like the, I like Michael Thomas. If I could get him, I'm not taking him at, you know, if he's going 94 on underdog, that's an eighth round pick. There's no way I'm taking him in the eighth round of a draft. If it's the 12th or 13th round of a draft, I mean, yeah. again, this is the guy who hasn't really played in two years
1: and he's still going in the eighth round. That's ridiculous. Michael, wide receiver, Cortland Sutton's wide receiver 48. Cortland Sutton's going after Michael Thomas. Would you take Thomas or Sutton? Oh, my God, Is Sutton in a heartbeat. And I don't even think Sutton's any good. But, like, at least, I mean, I'd rather Sutton with real Sean Payton than Michael Thomas on a team still chasing the ghost of Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I don't think he's ridiculously priced because, like, all of a sudden then you get to Alan Lazard and Odell Beckham and Tyler Boyd, and then you're like, all right. Uh, okay, I totally see why Michael Thomas is going in that range, but like the guys going immediately around him, I've been clicking their names easily over Michael Thomas. Uh, and okay. then once you get to like Lazard, I, I can see it, but like those guys going in that little pocket with him, I've been clicking their names.
0: Shout out Jeff the Vomit Guy for you uh, Howard Stern fans out there. Uh, someone going in that same range remarkably is Rashad White, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He told our John Hansen that, quote, there's a probably a lot of balls coming my way. Boy, if I had a dollar for every time I said that in college. Okay. Uh, you know, so here's a kid who is going to be playing with Baker Mayfield in Tampa. This team, who knows if they're going to be any good. Baker, we know, likes checking the ball down a lot. Finished 13th in checkdown down rate uh, last year. He finished in the top 13 of targets last year. Again, that's with Tommy Brady. I, 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 the guru's way in on Rashad White. We know my boy, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse is down there too. In the eighth round for Rashad White, if you're getting what could be a bell cow running back playing all three downs, that to me seems like a steal.
1: Yeah. I'm, I I understand. Um, Ryan, Heath wrote an article earlier this offseason where he called Ra- Rashad White one of the more overrated dynasty assets because of how atrocious his, his efficiency metrics were. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder, because Leonard Fournette had very similarly atrocious efficiency metrics, I wonder how much of that was just because this offensive line was so bad and they they couldn't block, the offensive scheme was a joke, they were they ran the ball on obvious rundowns, they threw the ball on obvious pass downs. Um, I just wonder if the whole offense w- was broken. I, first of all, I think the Buccaneers are going to freaking stink, okay? Oh, yeah. I think they are angling for Caleb Williams, as they should be. That would be a hell of a way. You take one year off, uh, you 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 pay the Brady tax one year, and then you get Caleb Williams. I think any Buck fan would do that. This is too low for Rashad White. This is way too low. I don't care if he's inefficient, if he's going to catch three passes a game. I don't care if he's inefficient, if he's going to get 13 to 15 carries a game. Hold your nose, make the pick. He's still young. I don't expect this to be a good football team. But this is way too cheap for Rashad White. Like, you can get – you can load up on wide receivers, and Rashad White can be like your RB2 with Tony Pollard. And oh, no question. You have an yeah, argument that you thrown. have a bell cow, and you've already loaded up at wide receiver. That That is an easy pick for me. I understand why people are down on him. I think they're too down on him at this ADP.
0: In Arizona, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins on our last episode, but we can you know go back to that here. DeAndre Hopkins is out of town. They're eating the $22.6 million. So first off, you know, for folks that didn't hear the last show, quickly, where do you think DeAndre Hopkins could land now that some teams have a little bit of money opened up? Um, you know, after June one and whatnot, uh, the presumptive landing spots are always Kansas city and Buffalo. And I think those teams have to do a lot of maneuvering to get him on the roster.
1: Cleveland, Uh, where
0: do you think he finds up?
1: Feels like Cleveland's the favorite right now. I just, I just couldn't tell you, man. I maybe he lands, um, but I I would hate Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I'm already having trouble with that receiving core, but at least they're cheap. If you throw somebody, DeAndre Hopkins right now, his ADP has gone up, by the way, since he got released. So he's getting more expensive because people are like, he's going to end up on a better team. Yeah. Baltimore, throwing an expensive wide receiver into that mix would would really throw me off. I think Cleveland's all right because, oh, you look at Cleveland and you're like, well, they, they have some depth. You know, they got Amari Cooper and... You know, Peoples Jones might just be kind of a three. We don't know if Elijah Moore's actually going to be good there. They drafted Tillman, but he's a rookie. Cleveland might actually have less depth than it looks like on paper. I think it was reported that Buffalo could be a long shot um, at this stage because they went out. Remember, they signed Leonard Floyd. So they there they went out and got themselves a, a, a an edge rusher. Um, I, I guess I would still say Kansas city at this point, but again, I'm not a cap expert. Really interesting question here, but what it does do is it opens up a ton of targets in Arizona.
0: It does for a guy like Hollywood Brown, which again, he's going to be catching passes likely from Colt McCoy to start the season. We'll see when Kyler Murray uh, gets back in the saddle. I'm just looking at the target numbers for Hollywood Brown. Remember early in the season when DeAndre Hopkins was suspended? Here's the target numbers. The first six weeks of the season for Hollywood Brown, six, 11, 17, 11, 10, and nine. That is bananas. You know, and then he got hurt and you know, the season kind of went sideways for him, but that's amazing. Even when he came back, he only had two weeks under eight targets from weeks 12 on like this kid can Get himself open. He can command targets. I I, I don't know. I feel like the fantasy world's gonna be sleeping on him because they don't like Colt McCoy as the quarterback to start the season. They gotta throw his, somebody.
1: His ADP has risen significantly though since the um since the the Andre Hopkins uh release, and, and rightfully so. Um, the one thing that I'm interested in how about a guy that we I think we stole in our rookie draft, Drake. Michael Wilson is still going basically undrafted in un- in underdog drafts. Mm-hmm. He was a third round pick, man, and he could be. He's their only receiver with size. Hollywood Brown, like Hollywood Brown, Dortch, Rondale Moore. I was bigger than than these guys when I was a freshman in high school.
0: <laughs> yeah, I you mean, can like get... seriously,
1: like Mike, yeah. Michael Wilson. Yeah, do I think he's going to catch sixty balls? No, but look at what else they got. And they're they're another team angling for Caleb Williams. Yeah, get the young a, play, get the young fellows out there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting what they do here. Uh, and again, different offense. You know, we're, we're gone is the horizontal raid of Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, so we'll see what it looks like out in the desert. How about with the Rams? They are mm. got. Yeah, I know this is a bad football team, folks. I personally think. If you want to invest a first-round pick in Cooper Cup, that's going to pay off. Cam Akers would be the other person you're probably looking at here. In Brawley's article, he's talking about Kyron Williams sharing reps with Cam Akers during OTAs. Kyron Williams was a guy I stashed on so many benches last year, Joe, hoping like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna get that opportunity. He's gonna be the guy. You know, he was a rookie out of Notre Dame last year. I don't know if I want really much anything to do with a running back on, on this offense. Uh, not named Cam Akers, but I don't think I wanted anything to do with anybody not named Cooper Cupp.
1: Um, So what happened with Williams was, you remember the the Adam Schefter nugget that he mm-hmm. kind of presented as speculation, but he obviously knew something, and then Kyron Williams when he got hurt on the opening kickoff of the third. So talk about a harbinger for the Rams season. Kyron yep. Williams, uh, uh, who was expected to have a role in his first game as a rookie, gets hurt on the opening, and he, and he really never recovered. Like he never was able to get back up to speed. I wonder if the Rams are almost considering this as kind of a do-over. But on the mm-hmm. flip side, Cam Akers, who started the year in Sean McVay's doghouse, gradually worked himself out of that doghouse and ended up having a really good end to the season. I'm not terribly like I'm not terribly interested in this offense at all. And again, you know what? They won the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm not criticizing them for winning the Super Bowl. It's just they're paying the tax on that Super Bowl. Kyron Williams is probably going to be a guy. Maybe you draft him in the 18th round of Underdog um, if you if you need a fifth or sixth running back on your team. He's RB 77. He's go. He's basically going undrafted. Maybe he's a waiver guy early in the season. This offense still looks broken to me, though. They they don't have a whole lot of talent. Stafford might be close to retirement. Good to see Kyron Williams maybe taking down that number two running back role. I wouldn't be shocked if he's valuable at some point, but nobody's really drafting him.
0: If you want to pay tax, you want to pay tax on big dollar investments, how about a million dollars? You want to pay tax on that? Go win one of the big tournaments over at the FFPC, and we can get you paying some big taxes. Trust me, you won't mind. All their tournaments are launched and drafting for 2023, of course, except for the main event that starts off July 4th. They've got two big-time tournaments giving away a million bucks, the main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship. You can get into that right now. Maybe Dynasty is your thing. Easy for me to say. they got startups that are filling daily. You can pick up an orphan squad like Joe and I did. uh, And you can get into a big-time baller draft, $5,000. The Guru was talking on his latest podcast, Hanson's Hints, about a, I think it was $2,500 Dynasty uh, League that he's in over at the FFPC, so go back and listen to that. Superflex best ball for 35 ahead. It's all there at the FFPC, folks. If you want to get in on a really good site that has great software, you're not going to have to worry about, oh, this I, it's a bad interface and, you know, it's wonky, blah blah blah. They know what they're doing at the FFPC. Go to my FFPC for more details. How about in San Francisco, Joe, where the steel of fantasy football is waiting for you? And it's in Mr. Irrelevant. And we got to stop calling him at this point. Brock Purdy. Now he's starting to throw again. And the GM told you everything you need to know about this situation. John Lynch says he is, quote, the leader in the clubhouse for the starting job. And he said, but it's open for competition. Enough said. Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers this year. His ADP right now is off the board. It's like 17th round, QB twenty seven. Guy throws multiple touchdowns every single game he starts uh, outside of that Philadelphia game where he got hurt. The, why are people not drafting this guy?
1: Uh, I think they're worried about the injury and they're worried about some Shanahanigans Um, from OTAs and, and mini camps. Trey Lance and Sam Darnold have essentially been splitting first team reps. So they don't even know who the two is here. I haven't really drafted a lot of purdy so far because I'm, I'm typically a draft two and then I'm done type of guy. I think you might convince me here a little bit that I should, that I should start dabbling in a little bit more purdy. Um, I think part of the question a lot of people have though, is where to draft these receivers because you never feel good about drafting one of them. Do you? Yeah. And you think a guy like Ayuk,
0: this is probably gonna be his last year there. Um, Debo, if he's not running the football, is he as valuable? Is he worth the pick? He called his season a
1: disaster. Him? By the way, this the, today. Oh, he's um, not wrong. Yeah, he called his his season a disaster. Um, I I like I get it with Kittle. Like, I I don't find myself drafting Kittle a ton, but I get it with like Ayuk. I get it with Debo. I get it with Kittle getting drafted where they are, but I never feel good about doing it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like. You know, do you, have, do you have a preferred fast food spot, like, if you're on the road? I text you all the time when
0: I'm eating in my car, and you know it's always from a different place, uh, whether it's uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. I've had literally all of them this week, by the way. Uh, I'm a Burger King guy. I, okay. I like the flame broiled. I like the milkshake, the fries. Oh. This is why I am a yoked up 155 pounds.
1: Well, I, I will tell you, like, Yep, if you take a trip and you're like, my God, I am starving, and you're you're on the turnpike somewhere, and you get off, and the only place is a subway and a gas station, <laughs> and you're like, that the is gas
0: station subway, the worst. That
1: that is never my choice. Subway is never my choice in the first place, because subway isn't even the best hoagie chain. That would go to Jersey Mike's, in my opinion. But like, if you're, you're really hungry, like sometimes you, you need it and you're like, you know, I'm just hungry. It's here. It's going to work. I can get a foot long and I can fill, it'll fill me up. I never feel great about doing it though. Is that what drafting these Niners receivers or am I underselling them though? Like, do they have much more upside than a subway BMT? Because maybe they do. It's just that where they're going, you're like, the price is fair. It's like pulling into that parking lot. It's here, so I'm gonna do it. The price is fair. It's gonna fill me up, dude. Do, do, does Debo Samuel have more upside than a Subway tuna hoagie? I mean, I Debo guess, Samuel. I guess yeah, he probably does.
0: Coming off that 2021 where he had a career year in everything. I mean, I mean, geez, Louise. You look at his yards per reception was 18.2 that season. He you know he ran eight touchdowns in. we're not going to see him get 50 plus carries this year. I think with his contract and with Christian McCaffrey being there, they just don't need to do that. And maybe that's the answer to the question is with Christian McCaffrey there, they don't need to lean on Debo to do all those things because that's Christian McCaffrey's role. Yeah. So he can catch all the swing uh, flare routes and he can run the ball, uh, you know, in between the tackles. They don't need him to do that. They didn't have a running back. So that's why, Debo was doing that. So Debo now just goes back to being, you know, the guy who, you know, what's he most likely outcome. What's he going to do? Like he did last year, 630 yards, rookie season, 800 yards. Uh, maybe we meet in the middle. Maybe it's like, you know, 745
1: yards on the season. I think that's kind of who Debo Samuel is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he just focuses on being a receiver this off and they finally get some stability at the quarterback position. If Purdy can recover and he becomes that kind of, high-end wide receiver one that people were drafting him at him as last year um but I never feel good about Debo as my wide receiver two on my team and if you start if you start tight end running back god forbid he's your freaking he's your wide receiver one um uh, oh that makes me want to jump out a window but yeah I've never felt great about drafting any of these guys and maybe the answer is Iuke who's like wide receiver 31 and could be their one. Maybe that's the guy I should feel good about drafting.
0: Again, he's playing for a contract. He's probably not going to be there next year. His cap number's to the moon. They're going to either restructure him or cut him or something like that. He a 1,000 yards last year and eight touchdowns. If you were to ask most people that, you go, what were the numbers for Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel? You'd have him flip-flopped. You'd say, uh-huh. like, oh, you know, Samuel probably had a 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. No, he didn't. Ayuk was, you know, he was the leader out there for those guys. So, yeah, if you can get him at a discount in your draft, then nothing wrong with a guy that's going to catch 75, 80 balls and score eight times. You're never going to see me scoff at that. I don't know. Well, yeah. Brandon Ayuk talking about this receiving court just leaves everyone
1: speechless. Yeah. And, and then, like, who else is down the board? Like, who, who else is getting drafted? You have McCaffrey, who's a first round pick. You have Debo's a third. You've got Kittle, who's a fifth round pick. You've got Ayuk, who's a fifth, sixth round pick. And then they don't have another receiver essentially getting drafted and that like that's that tells you man like maybe maybe we're maybe i'm I'm too low on these guys because Jawan Jennings is their next wide receiver getting drafted and he basically doesn't have an 80 day.
0: It's super condensed. we love those mm-hmm. condensed. Uh, you know, target trees, and it's those three guys. It's like we talked about in Philadelphia. Why do we like those guys? It's AJ Brown, it's Smith, it's Goddard. Here, it's Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. But you're also going to have a, a running back catch a lot more passes. Before we get out of here, let me ask you this: Elijah Mitchell, kind of a weird career for him. You know, he he comes on as a rookie, but he you know he gets banged up. Then you know, he, last year we get Christian McCaffrey on the squad. Now, at his core. Shanahan likes using the multiple backs could we see a big time value in Elijah Mitchell currently going off the board in round 11 yeah maybe he's better than that
1: yeah I think I think that's totally fine Um, I think you expect McCaffrey to be the bell cow, but what if uh, – I just mentioned that only t- only three receivers on this team – they're kind of like the Eagles in that regard. Only three receivers on this team even have an ADP, including the tight end. Well, what if McCaffrey's the third – what if he's the third man? What if he's the third receiver? Oh, he is. And then they have – then they have packages. We always say this every – oh, they're going to use packages with both running backs and nobody ever does it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the 49ers do because Mitchell's a good player, RB 41, especially for like, if McCaffrey gets hurt, Elijah Mitchell's the top 10 running back. So I think that's a very valid ADP for him.
0: That's why I want to get him on my team. If you can snag him and he sits on your bench and, you know, in a managed league, you're going to have Elijah Mitchell. You're always going to have trade bait for the CMC owner because you know, that guy is sleeping nervous every night wondering, Oh my God, what happens if McCaffrey goes down? I mean, and then Elijah Mitchell, of course, will, stub his toe getting out of bed and be out for two months but hey that's fantasy football folks and that's what we talk about here on the two point stance that's what we do over at fantasypoints.com. make sure you're going over there get your subscription ready for the season and Joe we might have some
1: big things with the data package getting ready to launch right yeah we're working on it behind the scenes we have a not not to put not to not not to give you too too big a peek, but we're literally releasing it to like people associated with the company and our developers are like, please break this. Like, please. There's so much to do that like it's almost overwhelming. But they're like, please try to do something to break this so we can fix any issues. That's where we're at with it. It is it's a really awesome tool, folks. I'm on it right now. I'm looking at it. You can do again. This isn't just for
0: fantasy experts, people writing articles. This is going to be available to you, the average fantasy player out there, and you can look up information like. We're just talking about Christian McCaffrey. You could say, I want to see Christian McCaffrey's, uh, you know, how he plays on Sundays in international games against non-conference. But it, you can get as crazy as you want, and it will spit not gonna, back
1: information. You're not going to gonna ping too many results on that one. Uh, no, but right, I'm just saying, get crazy. You can. You know, we, we, we will get crazy uh, with, with the data package. I can't wait to, to launch it to the public, uh, Drake. As a matter of fact, we need to get off here so we can go around and try to break the damn thing. All right, folks. Until next time, make sure you go over and follow the Fantasy
0: Points YouTube page at FantasyPTS. We'll see you guys next week on the Two Points Dance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast.